Hello, I'm Phil Dobby, and today on the Vantage Performance Podcast, are there ways you can cut your wage costs without cutting your labor force or without getting your staff upset about pay cuts? It does sound like an impossible outcome, doesn't it? You're going to have one or the other. Surely you can have less people or you can pay those people you have less money. Otherwise, how can you cut your wages bill? Well, keep listening because Michael Finland, the executive director and CEO of Vantage Performance, has been brainstorming ideas on just this with his team. Uh, but Michael, I mean, first of all, I mean, the easiest and most common way, obviously, when times are tough, is just to cut the numbers in your workforce. Now, nobody wants to do it, really, but uh, it's just necessary sometimes, isn't it? Morning, Phil. Uh, look, Sometimes it is, but only in our view as an absolute last resort, um, because when you, you know, have to go through you know, a serious round of redundancies, it has a, a huge um, impact and, and quite a big toll on culture, morale, and therefore it actually hinders your productivity and then mm. therefore sales uh, and also innovation of new ideas and products. So, so it's always a last resort for us, and if you can, if you can be very creative and come up with number of ways to maintain your workforce, even if revenues drop by 10 or 20%, you can actually rebound much faster. And that's what we want to talk to today. Right. Okay. And so you've arrived at what I think is, you know, a set of very good ideas, which you've, before we look at what they are, you had a, an, out, an outdoor brainstorming mm. session. For the, from the photos you've sent to me, it looks like it involves exercise. There's people in Lycra. I haven't looked too closely to see whether you're one <laughs> of them. Uh, but um, so tell us about how this works. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun as well. Look, we at Advantage, we've we've long held the view, and we're, we're always looking for different ways um, to solve the really big challenges in business. And and this is a typical one where revenues drop by twenty percent overnight, like a lot, a lot of businesses face with industry or downturns or, or you know what happened post GFC. And you know, you know, what would you do, and how would you do that in a way, uh, or you know, what, what initiatives could you deploy so you don't actually have to. You know, um, get rid of a lot of people who you've invested a lot of time, effort, money in, and and who are really part of the family of the business. And we've done that for quite a while, where we pick a, a really big issue and we, and we brainstorm you know potential solutions to it. The the obvious solutions, but but really spend a lot of time looking at the really really unique ones that uh, you know that, that most people don't know about or or don't regularly do. And you may have heard the concept of you know open expansive spaces create open expensive thinking mm. well there's actually a lot of brain science behind um, that and you know if you are outdoors particularly hiking or walking in a park whatever your, your brain actually changes and and you're you're more open to thinking big picture strategic um, you know better ideas come to you basically so uh, we thought we'd combine all that and, and uh, go for a hawk uh, a hawk a hike last weekend uh, a little bit of lycra as you say um, but it was great fun two hour hike up Mount Cutha and you know we came up with some really really good ideas some unique ideas on, on how how to solve this particular challenge right okay and you're not in the united states so you didn't have to fight off bears and all that sort of stuff uh, uh just a spider and snake but apart from that yeah, i mean you all came back you all came back yeah. that's good yeah maybe the odd possum or something but nothing to uh Nothing too uh, treacherous. So let's so let's look at that. Listen, the, f- the first one is to uh, is to move your staff around. Basically, put them into different roles and put them perhaps more into 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 sales focused ro- roles or production roles. Stuff where they're you know actually really clearly contributing to the business. Yeah, this is a really really unique one. Uh, now, when, when when an industry downturns or, or economy, the first knee jerk reaction is let's cut our marketing, let's cut R and D, and let's cut our head head, head count. Now. I'm a big fan of this one because if you can move those surplus 
um, staff members into other areas of the business. So you, you can actually generate um, greater revenue, which which then turns into profits and actually helps fast track that issue and, and resolve that issue. So you know, if you've got surplus staff, can you move them into a into a sales role? Can you can you uh, put more people onto the production line so you can actually you know, take production from 20 weeks down to 15 weeks, which means you're going to bring forward a lot of sales. So. So it's it's about being creative and you know, not just doing the the easy thing. You know, it's t- don't get me wrong; it's tough to do redundancies. Uh, it really is, but but it's yeah, but it's it's the it's the thing that everyone thinks about. So think creatively. So you know, if you can move move people around the business, one they they cross sell or they cross skill, so they learn better skills. Um, they you're still putting a lot of time and effort into R and D, which means you're going to come out with new products and services, and then you're going to actually create a lot more momentum. Um, to which will then help you take market share off your competitors to regain that 20% or 15% that you've lost. So think differently before taking a, a red pen to the workforce. Can you move them around to get greater productivity and, and some better products to market? All right. Okay. Another one is to uh, negotiate pay cuts. Um, that's not going to go down too well, though, is it? No, it's not. But the, and we don't really want to talk about the obvious ones. The obvious ones here are, you know, can you negotiate some pay cuts, implement no overtime, things like that. And look, they're, again, they're the they're the obvious ones, and we and, and, you know, there's nothing new there. Um, and that the hard thing with those is to try and sell those because what you're doing is is they're taking um, a pay cut, but they're still working the same amount of hours. So. Whilst, yeah, they get to keep their job, um, it still has an impact on morale. What we're big fans of, though, is moving um, uh, people from full-time to, to part-time or you know, converting into a nine-day fortnight. So people actually get that time off, yeah. um, so they're not working for nothing, if you like. The other uh, really, really powerful one, which uh, a large business, well, large, you know, they're turning over $2 billion, a business called Barry Waymiller. Now, they were a business turning over $20 million in the 80s. Uh, they are now turning over $2 billion. And what they did when the GFC hit them, it, you know, the board, yeah, knee-jerk reaction said, right, you know, what are you going to do about layoffs? And, and the founder and CEO said, look, we're not going to do it. We're going to look at other ways to to um, deal with our 30% drop in pipeline. So literally within 24 hours, they came back and said, we're going to implement a furlough program, which is everybody has to take um, four weeks leave without pay. You can take it whenever you want over the next 12 months. Yeah. And the the way they sold it was they said, well, we, th- we think it's better that all of us um, um, you know, experience a little bit of discomfort rather than some of us experience a lot. I think a lot of airlines did that as well, didn't they? When they were, During the SARS outbreak, I had our airline friends who uh, said, yeah, they were going to take the month off. They didn't get paid for it, but uh, everyone kept their jobs. So that was the uh, that's how it was pitched to them. They did. And what happened with Barry Waymiller, um, and this wasn't planned or even even contemplated, because staff really appreciated that approach. Uh, those who could afford to take more than four weeks actually started bartering. So that this it's an informal bartering system was created, where if you could afford to take eight weeks, you would say, okay, you know, George over here can't afford it. His family is doing it really tough. I'll take an extra four weeks so he doesn't have to because I've always wanted to do this project. I've wanted to set up a veggie garden. I wanted to write a book or whatever. So this, this bartering system turned out, turned up, and it actually strengthened their culture. And the very next mm. year, record profit. So, you know, and, and, their, and yeah. their revenue dipped by 30%, literally overnight. So, so by having faith in your, in your team, uh, giving them the responsibility to work out how to do this, and they had to save 10 or $15 million, they doubled it. 
Yeah. Um, so, so it, and then it had a massive impact on culture and, and record profits the next year. So think creatively. You know, it's not always about headcount reduction. No. Well, that nine-day fortnight, my brother, during the global financial crisis, he, like a lot of people, mm. uh, turned to a nine-day fortnight. He never went back from that. He's still on a nine-day fortnight. Mm. There's nowhere in the world you're going to get him to work full-time again, ever again. Yeah, and, and people actually... Because they've always, a lot of people have always got that project, whether it's whether it's been sitting on the fridge for for, for months and months and months, and you're getting nagged about it, or you, or you've got um, something you genuinely want to do. It gives you that opportunity and that flexibility. So think again, think differently. Um, they still saved the money that they needed to, but actually had a positive impact on culture. And you know, in, in corporate turnaround, you know, we've we've seen this for 20 years. You know, when you when you have to lay off staff, it takes months, if not years, to get the culture back to where it was without really spending a lot of time and effort on culture reform and, and initiatives you know, post that. So it can yeah. have a lingering impact, and which, which slows down your recovery. So it's actually counterproductive. Okay, I guess the other ways are to look at how you uh, how you work out that pay packet rather than just paying your uh, your your one salary. Do you uh, divide it up a bit more and give a, a greater uh, amount based on a bonus, based on KPIs, or do you convert some of it to equity as well, for example? Yeah, and look, there's, there's been a growing use of uh, employee share ownership schemes or ESOPs in, in in recent years. So yeah, look, you could convert your your salary staff to a base of eighty percent and then have a KPI or bonus structure that not only takes them to 100%, but a little bit above you know, for that risk premium that they take. Um, and you can go so far as to have, as you say, you know, actual equity. So convert 20% of their pay to equity, um, whether it be voting or non-voting rights, um, redeemable convertible preference shares. So effectively, you'll, you know, you might delay paying. You, know, you could use, use redeemable preference shares where basically, um, you know, you delay or you give them you know, 10 to 15% of their salary as shares, and then you redeem them in 12 months' time when you can afford to. So you know, staff can either agree to convert those into ordinary shares later on or get them bought back. So back to essentially getting your 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 uh, your 20% salary cut back um, with some interest. So, you know, but you're going to need to communicate this really well, and they have to have trust that um, the forecast, the plan, the turnaround plan you've got is robust, It's it's sensible, and they believe in it, and they know that what their part is in in that. In that, um, or you can have you know quasi what's called ghost equity um, if you're not actually giving them real shares. But think creatively. Um, the key is to be able to to communicate this in a way that people know that it's an investment, not just a risk, um, and they have a very good. Um, Believe they're going to get their money back, or, or actually, if they convert into shares, um, you know, get a multiple return uh, on, on their on their investment. Well, of course, you know how quickly that's achieved depends on how hard they work as well. So there's an incentive thrown into that, isn't there, when they, when they've got equity in the game? Yeah, absolutely. And the other couple of uh, initiatives that we've done a few times over the years is is where you've you know, typically in a restructure or turnaround, you'll have a lot of surplus assets, surplus vehicles, um, you know, whatever it might be, and what typically happens is is you might have to sell those assets at auction, so you end up getting half um, half what they're actually worth. So uh, a much more clever way to do it is to say you, know, you might have a number of um, staff members who are looking for a new car, um, just to use that asset as, a, as an example. So uh, rather than you know having to take a pay cut, um, you give them a a car to the value of twenty grand, so they're on hundred grand. Uh, you, you give them a car for hundred uh, that's worth twenty thousand dollars at market value. Um, in exchange for a reduction in their salary for twenty thousand um, dollars, they're getting a car for for real value, so they're not missing out on, on, mm. on value because they were going to buy a car anyway. Um, you're getting the company's getting it at market value, or maybe a little bit less, but still a lot better than what they would have got if they had to go to auction. So you know, think like that. And and often when you ask 
um, staff members, a lot of them put their hands up and say, yeah, I've been looking for a new car. This way I can basically salary sacrifice it over 12 months. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the other one, which you don't see often, but, and this can, this will take a little bit of work, but if you've got, you know, an extra 10, 20, 30, 50 people, say you're, you're you know, you're, you're an electric, electrician um, based business, um, and you've got a number of um, you know, surplus staff now because revenue's dropped off. Is there another business that needs electricians that isn't a competitor of yours that is doing okay? Well, you could second some staff to them for a period of three, six months um, to to help them with a project that's coming up or whatever. So, you know, if you've got peers and friends in, in business, um, reach, reach out to them and see if they need, um, you know, anybody that you've got with the skills they need. Uh, one, you know, your, your peer won't need to pay recruitment fees to, to, to look for the next 10 or 15 people they're looking for. Uh, and you get to take that wage cost off, but you don't lose lose those people. And they get to go work for another business for a period of time. Some of them may not come back. That's that's natural. But um, you've kept the door open for them to come back. Yeah, another great idea. I mean, I think these are all really good ideas. But as you said earlier, it, it all gets down to how you sell these and communicate them to the staff. And so you're going to tramp off into the woods again as a team to try and look at how you do communicate this to uh, to your team. Yeah, so that's right, Phil. Um, yep. So once we come up with these um, initiatives, we, you know, the most important thing is then is how we just sell each of these to the workforce. So uh, we're about to do that this week and uh, uh, you know, come up with sort of one or two sort of key selling points for each of these, and then, then you know, depending on what situation you're in, you can you can discuss all of these with the management team and work out what's going to work best for 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 that business. Right. Okay, and you'll come back and tell us about those. Sure. Okay. Look forward to that. We'll catch you next time when we do that. Uh, thanks for your time, Michael. Cheers, Phil. And that's it for the Vantage Performance podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or listen on the Vantage Performance website. Go to www.vantageperformance.com.au. Click on the Insights tab to find all the podcasts in this series. Till next time, thanks for listening.